0: Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson
1: and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. We are back together. Well, Not
0: together, but we're both in the same podcast episode because last week I was solo hosting a week in my life and Bridget will be doing the same thing next week. But today we are sharing some organization habits we believe
1: every teacher should build. Mm, So good. But before we do that, we're going to listen to a TSH from Courtney. Courtney says, I want to organize my digital life and have resources grouped together by topic in my drive. But how do I make that happen when so many resources are lumped together in bigger PDFs? This is such a good TSH. Yeah, Courtney,
0: I love that you submitted this TSH because I know this is a problem that all teachers have when it comes to those huge PDF files that have like hundreds of pages. Sometimes they fit into multiple categories, so you aren't sure where to organize it. I'm going to give kind of a, a radical suggestion, so go with me on this. <laughs> what if you stored all of those PDFs in a single folder? Maybe you called it like resources. And then within each topic folder, you create a Google Doc where you list all the resources you have related to that topic. And then you link to the PDF that you have in that other Folder. You could even put the specific page number, which would help you find it really, really quickly. Sometimes we have resources that aren't PDFs. So maybe it's like a physical resource book or um, other like, you know what I mean? Like those physical resources, like a game that you've prepped, like those types of things. If you have a list of all of those resources within a Google Doc, it would allow you to reference them over time. And so you would know all the materials you had, and then those physical materials could be stored elsewhere or those really big PDFs could be stored in another folder. Keep in mind, you also could then link to like videos that you typically show or websites that you use. Mm -hmm. Plus, sometimes it's nice just to see an actual list. I know it's time consuming to create like at the beginning, but it can be ongoing. You can just add to it over time and it will end up making your life much easier when it's time to teach that topic.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea, Michelle. I never thought to do something um, so like specifically like that and keeping it in that specific folder. So I like that idea a lot. So Courtney, I'm going to give you another idea. Um, And this is something that I do to make it easier on me. Um, Just some quick like background knowledge, if you don't know already. So I teach on a Mac team and we teach at a school where all the students have iPads. So I use my learner management system a lot, like a lot, a lot. Like the kids will do things in Notability. They'll do like everything is there. So the worksheet then is just more of a digital worksheet versus me printing things out. And that's going to help you kind of understand where I'm going next. So um, I spend a day where I will take that really large PDF and then I will print it out. And then after printing it, what I do is I take some time and I create individual PDFs by scanning them into their own files. So like if I know for a fact that this, you know, really big uh, bundle, has multiple lessons, multiple activities. I know I'm not going to do that all in a day. And I'm not going to share it to my students that way. So what I do is I will just, in the morning, scan it, send it to me through, because our our print, most printers do that at schools, Michelle? Like, Um, can you scan it and then send it to you through an email?
0: I know. Well, I remember our big copiers, it did have a scan function, but I don't think any of us could ever get it to work.
1: Okay, so you can either scan it if you have like a good copier in your building that allows you to do that. Or there are little scanning apps on your Mm -hmm. phone that allow you to just take a picture. So I use Tiny Scanner. I paid for it. It was like four bucks, four or five bucks. I use it all the time, like especially when I'm in my classroom.
0: Doesn't the Notes app
1: also allow you to do that? I think so. I think this was pretty sure I think you're right. This was way before I started. I knew about the Notes app allowing you to scan PDFs. Yeah, you so, keep talking and
0: I'm going to go into the Notes app and then we'll give them like really quick directions.
1: Awesome. Okay. So um, basically what I did is I would scan those individual lessons. So like if I knew that there was a reading with some questions, I would scan it and have that as a separate file. Or if I knew that there was an activity, I could scan it and have it as a separate file. This allows me to place the activities in the right folder and it allows me to upload them into our learner management systems for our students to complete them digitally. It's basically like a double win for me. It is a little bit of a lot of work to do in the very beginning, but uh, it is something that has helped me a ton. So as always, do what works best for you. But at least now you have like two methods to hopefully help you get started. (laughs) Yeah. So within the notes app,
0: if you open up like to create a new note down at the bottom, like right above where your keyboard is, you'll see a little toolbar. Find the Mm -hmm. camera icon when you tap it. It then gives you the option to choose photo or video, take photo or video or scan documents. So you would Mm. click scan documents like Bridget said, you kind of take a picture,
1: but it turns it into a PDF. Yes. Yes. Um, so that has it, that has worked wonders for me because now I don't really have to worry about trying to figure out how to separate them because I can download it and then upload it into my LMS very easily. Yeah, because I will say, especially
0: if you buy a lot of the bundles on websites like Teachers Pay Teachers, yeah. the creator of that resource has flattened it or has secured it in a way that will not allow you to separate the pages, which that's part of copyright. And that's, you know, I, I'm i not saying like to try to get around that, but there are other way, like other solutions for organizing right. those materials, <laughs> even when they are secured like that. Yeah. So if you are an avid listener, (laughs) you may (laughs) remember that we shared time management habits that we believe every teacher should build back in episode 112. This episode is going to mirror that one. We are going to share six habits related to organization that we believe will make your life much easier.
1: Yeah, and remember, we're basing the structure of these habits off off of James Clear, R-B-F-F, um, off of his recommendations. This is how he says you should structure a habit to make it stick. So let's jump right in. And these are going to have some fill in the
0: blanks. So we're kind of giving you the structure and you're going to have to fill in the blank. Yeah. Starting with number one, I will process my papers at blank time in blank location. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? Well, because the paper monster can easily take over your classroom and your life. So you need a system for processing your papers so you can kind of tame that paper monster, which really means you're not letting it get out of control. This system could involve drawers or file folders or bins. It doesn't really matter what the system is, but you have to process those papers on a daily basis basis. Once they start stacking up, your motivation to deal with the papers Mm -hmm. drops dramatically. So you have to stay on top of it. This also ensures that you don't let papers slip through the cracks. So forgetting to turn things into the office, y'all know what I mean. So here is an example of what this could have looked like for me. I will process my papers at 4.15 p.m. in my classroom. So that's typically when my students were dismissed. And then I like to go through all my papers at the end of the day. And obviously, I'm going to do it in my classroom because that's where all my papers are. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm going to give you another example just for um, just kind of help there. But what I did is you could also kind of take some time and process your papers during your planning time instead of at the very end of the day. So I was I'm, I know that I'm very lucky. I know this. So what for me, it would look like I will process my papers at 240 p.m. in my classroom. Again, I'm lucky that my special is towards the end of the day, but not you know, I still have my kids who are going to come back for 10 minutes as they're being dismissed. But what was nice is that then I didn't have to stay like really late in the afternoon in order uh, to get those papers done. So as long as you're taking time to do this each day, I don't think it really matters specifically when you do it.
0: Yeah, my planning time was always first thing in the morning. Like my students would come yeah. in, they would eat their breakfast and then they would go to special. So I always had tons of papers like pile up throughout the day because y'all know you've got that kid mm-hmm. that at you know noon, they're like, oh yeah, I forgot to give you this paper that needs to go to the office. And you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. find a time and location that works for you. Keep in mind, this does not mean grading papers that day. You're just processing them. So processing them may mean binder clipping them together after students turn them in and putting them in a needs to be graded drawer. It doesn't mean actually grading them. You're just getting the papers kind of from point A to point B so that you can do that next step, which would be like actually grading them.
1: This is just getting them into the right location. Okay, so the next habit that we want you to start looking to build is I will clear my desk at blank time in blank location. So having a clear space we know will help to decrease your stress levels. This can also allow you to feel better prepared with knowing what you are going to be doing on any given day. So developing a habit around maintaining your space will allow you to really fully embrace the day and enjoy your teaching. This means placing things back where they belong, looking through papers on your desk and processing anything that is important. When you take time to look through and clear your workspace, you will find that you have a better handle on anything that comes up and on your own classroom. So here's an example of what this looked like. I will clear my desk at 2.40 p.m., in my classroom. So again, as like the previous example, this is what I would do kind of all chunks. So we're going to do like a habit stacking in this Mm -hmm. situation for me because I would process papers and I would clear my desk at the same time. And it was just the perfect time for me to do this.
0: And maybe you're listening to this and you're like, okay, Michelle and Bridget, but I have to leave right at the end of my contract hours because I have to pick up my kids or I have to go to an appointment. Here's another example for you. You could clear your desk first thing in the morning instead. So in that case, your example would look like, I will clear my desk at 7.30 a.m. in my classroom. So maybe it's part of your morning routine and it's one of the first things you do when you arrive.
1: Yeah. Create a system to maintain those pesky papers at your desk. Okay. I have like an inbox that allows me to place all these papers in one spot. So like as it gets put into my hand, I put it in that one spot. So when I clear my desk, I take that time to process through these papers and then start each day with like a really clean slate. So having just kind of an organized system that allows you to just kind of be a step ahead of the game versus you feeling overwhelmed from looking at the mass chaos that's happening there is is really, really important. Now, as we move
0: on to the third habit, you may notice a lot of these kind of sound similar. And it's because Bridget yes. and I chose to really break it down so that each one of these is something simple that you can start doing right away. We don't want to have it be broad, like clean your classroom at this time because you're like, (laughs) okay, but I have like 10 different things I have to do with that. So we really narrowed it down to specific actions. And like Bridget said, you're going to utilize that habit stacking. So these like three different habits really might take place within a span of only like 10 minutes because you're doing them one after the other after the other. So third habit, I will reset my classroom at blank time in-blank location. Mm -hmm. So before I give you an example of this, let's talk about why it's important. Resetting refers to putting things away that are out on tables or out on counters. Maybe you have to change the date on your board or the schedule. Maybe you need to write your objectives on the board. You have to pull out materials that you're going to need for the next day. This is something that should be done daily. Again, clutter can pile up very, very easily. So you have to tame it a little bit out of time. During the day, we're often very busy and we don't have time. Time to put things away in the moment, which is fine, but we can't let those items linger. They have to be put away correctly. This kind of reminds me of when ice will build up in your freezer. It's a lot easier to defrost before it gets out of control. Like you see a little ice building up, you're like, all right, I'm going to defrost it rather than waiting until the entire freezer is like coated in ice. And then it's going to take days to defrost. You want to do it a little bit at a time. So here is an example. I will reset my classroom at 3.50 PM. Notice I didn't state the location because I already said my classroom. So like the location was already part of it, (laughs) but this might be the time when my students are packing up and they're getting ready to be dismissed.
1: Yeah. So I kind of do the exact same thing. So for me, Uh, mine is I will reset my classroom at 3 12 p.m. Again it's already in my classroom because that's already stated. So I do this when my students come back from special and we are waiting for their buses. Um, This allows me to just kind of clean up get things ready say goodbye to them as they're leaving. I don't necessarily like to be sat like right behind my desk at my computer. So resetting my classroom it allows me to kind of walk around and you know put things away say goodbye you know give high five if I need to give high fives. So it gets me a little bit more involved. But then again, I'm also kind of moving the needle forward by prepping and getting ready for the next day.
0: Yeah, and have your students help with this. Like You don't have to do it by yourself. Assign classroom jobs or offer rewards for students who want to help at the end of the day. If your classroom, like let's say you're an art teacher and you have a ton of supplies to like be able to reset, maybe you're going to split it. And there's going to be some things you do in the afternoon before you leave. And there's going to be some things that you do in the morning. Find a way that works for you. And it doesn't have to be in the afternoon. Like you could do it all in the morning. It doesn't matter. You just have to find the system that's going to work best for you and your schedule and your needs.
1: Okay, so now we're going to jump into number four, which is going to be more of a digital organization. Woo-hoo. So this one is, I will clear my computer desktop at blink time in blink location digital files can be overwhelming, especially with these past two years. The problem with digital files is never being able to find the items that you need. I cannot tell you how many times I've downloaded the same resource Mm -hmm. only to find that I had three more copies like somewhere on my computer.
0: (laughs) Do you love when you download it and it'll have the name and then in parentheses it'll say like one one or two two and you're like,
1: wait, (laughs) I've already downloaded this? (laughs) Yep, that's exactly me. So digital files need to be processed just as much as paper files. So when you have a clear system for your digital files, you will save time and energy locating and using them in your classroom. This may mean like taking time to clear out your desktop, your downloads, or your Google Drive homepage routinely. For me, I do not have any on my desktop or in my documents, but I have a lot of files saved on my Google Drive and downloads, which is you need to choose which is best that fits your life and your needs. So an example of this is I will clear my Google Drive homepage at 5 p.m. in my home office. So I feel like we put in here funny story. So as we were like writing this out, <laughs> so I see Michelle typing um, and I was like teetering between, oh, do I want to do this like at 4 p.m. or do I want to do this at 5 p.m.? Like when do I want to like have this done? And then I saw Michelle pick five <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great. Line, great minds think alike, Michelle. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I
0: can keep my Google Drive spick and span. Like that has never been an issue for me. You're so good. But <laughs> my downloads folder on the <laughs> other hand, yikes. Um, it gets a little out of control. <clears throat> also, I will say this is one habit that has stuck with me, even though I'm not in the classroom this year. So a lot of these habits, even though they're specific to teachers, you can find them working for your personal life as well. So for me... My habit is I will clear my downloads folder every Friday at 5 p.m. in my office. Again, this doesn't need to be done on a daily basis. This could be more of like a weekly basis, depending on
1: your level of organization. So depending on your lifestyle and your needs, you may need to be like me and need to alternate between like downloads and Google Drive each week. Or if you're really organized like Michelle is, you may need to do this like every so often. So just kind of figure out what works best for your needs.
0: Yeah, I need to get Billy to do that with his desktop because is it a mess? Oh my gosh, stuff everywhere,
1: and the files are all like overlapping each other. And I'm like, Billy, Billy, no, oh ooh, no, ooh I can't files do it. overlapping, I can't do oh. that. Although every like every time I go to try to share my screen with Michelle, I'm like, ooh, she does not need to see this because she <laughs> would, she would not appreciate how messy my Google Drive is at the moment. Oh, now I'm going to pay close, closer attention
0: to that because I don't <laughs> think I actually noticed, but I appreciate that you are paranoid about it. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad right now. All right. Moving on to habit number five. I will do a deep organization of my classroom at blank time in blank location. So a deep organization is like a deep clean. This is when you go through all of your spaces, you purge things, you restock items as needed, and you return items to the correct places. This is part of like the maintenance part of our organizational Mm -hmm. systems. So let me give you an analogy. That classroom reset that we mentioned in Habit 3, that is like putting gas in your car every day or every week in order to keep it going. The deep organization is like taking your car to get the oil changed.
1: I'm very proud of this She's super proud. (laughs) She was really happy with herself when she came up with that. (laughs) I I, am. I just
0: feel like it fits. Um, So, our needs change over time. Think about your closet. You have items that are no longer considered stylish. Do you remember those popcorn shirts that were super popular in like the did 2000s? I never shirts. I never, I never did had one either. Shirts. Did I kind of want one? A little bit. A little bit. Although those would have been great because they were space saving because they were so tiny when you weren't wearing them and then they would like <laughs> stretch. I mean, come on. You also have items that no longer fit. And you have items that get very worn and they kind of fall apart over time. Yeah. You will feel so good after this is done. We recommend doing this either monthly, bimonthly, so every other month, or quarterly Again, it depends on your organizational needs and how well you can maintain the system on a daily and weekly basis. So going back to the car analogy, this is why I'm so proud of it. My car has synthetic oil. So rather than getting the oil changed every 5,000 miles, I only have to get it changed every 10,000 miles. You see what I did there? See what I did? Okay. I, did. I did. So here's an example. <laughs> I will do a deep organization of my classroom during the two early dismissal days at the end of the marking period. So in my last school district, at the end of each quarter, we had two early dismissal days that were meant to give teachers time to work on grades, get things prepped for the next quarter. And I would always use that time to really deeply organize my classroom.
1: Mm, I wish I had that. I don't have that. (laughs) They always like to fill ours with data and PD.
0: <laughs> well, so, yes, I would sometimes have meetings just throwing that out there. But you also yeah. get out at the end of May and I was going into like June 20th. Okay, so I don't want to hear is, it.
1: Hold on. Hold on. This <laughs> is the first year I get out at the end of May. I am so flipping excited. Oh, what like, was I it before? To be out the before first Memorial. week of June? <laughs> <Yeah>. Listen, girl. <laughs> She's feisty. All right. So here's (laughs) my example. Um, I will do a deep organization of my classroom at least three days prior to any extended break. So I like to really have my spaces clean before any form of a long break. I don't get a lot of those long breaks. They're kind of sporadically thrown in there. I mean, obviously we do like Thanksgiving, Christmas. We have it's not, I don't feel like it's a spring break. Cause I, what I always knew as spring break was like a week long. I don't get that. I get like three days. Yeah. But I like to feel fresh when I come back and I like my organized to like my, my classroom to feel organized. And this really helps me to keep on top of things and then excited to like teach again, right. After I've kind of had this break away from the classroom. So I will always kind of spend the first, you know, the last few days, really getting things clean. And I get the kids to help me. It's like a really nice little process. We'll throw things away. We'll kind of purge some stuff that we just don't feel like we need. And it makes the end of the year cleanup Mm -hmm. so much better. So much better. Now, if you're weird like me, you don't need (laughs) any
0: motivation for this because you look forward to it. And you may even get random impulses to do it At other times, like a random Tuesday, you're like, I really want to clean things. Yeah, I've done that. I mean, as long as you you're not putting off other things that you need to do, which I sometimes do by cleaning and organizing, it's fine. But if this process sounds as dreadful as going to the dentist to get a cavity filled, you can surround yourself with some of your favorite things during this time. So wear comfy clothes, drink your favorite beverage. As long as it's allowed at school, blast your favorite music, or listen to a
1: podcast, or watch a movie in order to make it a more enjoyable process. Okay, so now we're going to go into the final habit to build, and this one is: I will do, um, I will do a deep organization of my digital files at blank time in blank location. So now we're in back into digital file time. So, I mentioned earlier that our digital files need as much attention as our paper files, and it is so very true. The more we go digital in education, the more important it is to have a system and a habit in place that's going to help you maintain your files. There is nothing worse than knowing you have a great activity, but cannot find it anywhere in your computer files. <laughs> this means that you need to process your files. Do it. Do you need to um? Do you need it anymore? Like, do you need to delete this item? Do, does it need to be moved to a proper location? Do you need to sort through any duplicates? That's me, <laughs> or rename files. Any of those items that is going to be a really deep clean. Be sure that you have a good system in place. So the example is going to be folders here to really help uh help you in making this process a lot smoother. <clears throat> So decide on how you want your materials organized and where you want to maintain them. So we did a podcast episode, 073, How to End the School Year in a Digital World, where we go a little bit more in depth on like how to organize some of those digital files. You can definitely check out that episode if you want to know a little bit more. Um, So here's my example. I have, I will do a deep organization of my files at 5 p.m on the last Sunday of each month. So I'm only doing it once a month. I know that on Sundays, like when I'm trying to prep and get ready for th- everything in the in, you know for the next week, I can sit down in my desk, like in my office, and be able to spend some time to kind of sort through those materials.
0: Now, if this is too overwhelming to do all at once, you can always split up the folders or like the areas where you store the files. So for example, I will do a deep organization of my digital math files at 12 p.m. on the first Sunday of September. You can create a recurring calendar event for example, on Google Calendar, in order to remind you to complete the task and to kind of keep track of like which area you need to do a deep organization of. Because if you have a lot of different folders, it may take you all year to kind of do that deep organization. And it gets kind of difficult to keep track of which ones you've done and which ones you still need to do.
1: Yeah, and if you are still living in, like, the old times where you had, like, all the SD cards, like, I like these giant ones, Michelle, do you have any of these giant ones like this? I'm sitting here holding up one of these. Is that, like, an external hard drive? It's, like, an external hard drive. It's giant, right? Okay. Yeah, because you Isn't call it a essence. This Yeah, but you called it an SD card. card, And I was like, that's for
0: like photos.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's not right. So external hard drives. And I have like four of those that I have yet to kind of sort through, which is a hot mess. But I don't really go through them a ton. Um, But... Just like your paper files and your spaces, we recommend creating some zones for your digital files. This means like creating folders for like personal and work and, you know, any other areas in your life that you might have. And this may mean having a use for like Uh, having a use for each of your file types. We've mentioned before that when we use like the notes app to organize any meeting notes, um, we've also talked a little bit about like Google Drive for maintaining files for teaching. You have to kind of develop the system in advance because I know things can be like all over the place and just kind of create like, oh, here's what I'm going to use this application for. Here's what I'm going to use this one. We try to give you lots of different tips and ideas, um, but hopefully if you create like a very specific use for each of those applications or areas on your computer, it'll make things a little bit easier to process through. Yeah. So those
0: are the six habits we believe will help you maintain your organizational systems. I'm going to go through them one more time. Number one, I will process my papers at blank time in blank location. Number two, I will clear my desk at blank time in blank location. Number three, I will reset my classroom at blank time in blank location. (laughs) Number four, I will clear my computer desktop at blank time in blank location. Number five, I will do a deep organization of my classroom at blank time in obviously your classroom. And then number six, I will do a deep organization of my digital files at blank time in blank location. Now, next week, Bridget is going to take you through a week in her life. The week after that, with episode 118, we are going to share some strategies for overcoming your organizational mistakes. So you may remember back in episode 114, Bridget and I shared our organizational (sighs) mistakes, and we're going to help you overcome some. Of those mistakes that we mentioned.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We would also really love for you to go and check out our website uh, and submit your time second hurdle. We want to know what is your TSH right now. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notified the next time we drop our new episode and make sure to leave us leave us a review over on iTunes. We want to know and hear from you on what you're thinking about this podcast and it helps us to get into the ears of so many other teachers. But until next time, be, be timely
0: oh stay did organized. you want to do
1: it I was like well I, I think there was like a delay here so I was like am I supposed to see that guys I'm like I have so much medicine in me at the moment that it's like I can't even <laughs> sinuses okay. are killing me we're so gonna let's try, try that again guys we're gonna try that again here we go here ready <clears throat> until next time be timely stay organized <laughs> be productive
0: bye-bye see ya